0: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is Saturday Night Napsuck here on the Napsuck Files podcast feed. Hey, everybody, I'm Ken Napsuck. Happy to be with you here for another edition of the show that used to be special. Now it's just me. Saturday night nap Saturday night special was the name, but the, you know branding, branding. But it's me. It's it's you hanging out, and I, I let's just address what's up going on up top. Chances are you are listening to this under uh, you know different circumstances than any other of my previous episodes. Maybe you're not at work. Maybe you're not in your car. Maybe you're not out going for a walk with your your earpods in. Maybe you're home gathered around the fireplace and the radio. As if FDR was speaking, I am not comparing myself to FDR. Weird times, weird times, stressful times, anxious times, all those times, they're here. And I, you know, I try to make this show, this show a little lighter on Saturday nights. But let's talk about it. Since I recorded last and released an episode on the Napsack Files uh, with the uh, Three Things episode titled Wash Them Hands, I think things have gotten more serious. I, 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 I'll i say worse. But I don't. I choose. I like to choose different words and things like that. It's gotten more serious. It has gotten serious. I think even when I was in Vegas, and this show is about going to Vegas, I got a lot of clips that recorded on the road to Vegas, and sharing with you. We're gonna have fun, hang out, with some friends. But even even then, just the pressure on the situation, the anxiety, the confusion, the misinformation, the true information being buried by by misinformation. Agendas, panic, hysteria—it's all there. A rush on toilet paper—it's all there—and it's just made the situation a little a little weirder. And I am someone who doesn't—I uh, always say, don't panic—and I talked about it a lot last week on on last on, last, on the last episode. Don't miss on, And I'll say it again. Don't misunderstand me when I say don't panic. Not only is a catchphrase from one of my greatest, uh, my favorite books, uh, uh, one of the greatest book series of all time, and one of my favorite movies, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Don't panic is just good advice, but it does not mean don't pay, pay attention, don't be concerned about other people, make some tough choices, uh, and, and keep the the ultimate goal and the ultimate safety uh, of uh, yourself and your loved ones uh, in mind. Uh, be informed. And all those things roll under the umbrella of don't panic. I'm just saying don't let the panic and hysteria and the fear control you, but it's all right to have those things. I, I have a lot of experience, 17 years in an industry, a security industry, a public safety industry that is very misunderstood, sometimes very much because of the outside world looking at it, and you know, Kevin James movies, rent-a-cop jokes, security guard jokes. I think of any time you've been with a group of friends and you've seen a security officer or something walking around at a mall, movie theater, parking lot, and you've all scoffed and laughed and made a little joke. Uh, that is part of the reason the the industry is is, is maligned. And then and misunderstood. And then the flip side of that is uh, it's hard to recruit people for an industry that is tremendously underpaid. The companies that contract out to the, these big companies don't want to pay. The profit margins are uh, – most security companies, big security companies are working at a loss on their bigger accounts. And I'm not saying that in defense of corporations or money and everything. It's just this weird – you cannot hire uh, good talent when you can't pay. Um, I, I do believe that lower-wage jobs uh, you know, exist – exist we got to deal with them we got to raise the wages, but also hey those jobs exist for you to work out of them if you can uh but it's it's a weird troubling troubling time when everything else is inflated uh, above you and the job hasn't i went five years without a raise at one point in my career and had to take a big promotion to get it and someone was like you got a you got a raise you got a promotion it's like that's that's a promotion i did not get a raise for five years when i was in the same position so all those kind of things i've seen firsthand i've seen what can do and so therefore it hurts the industry Therefore, you end up hiring when I was in control of my hiring, and for a long time I was. And me and my directors that worked with me were in control of our hiring. We would recruit uh, future police officers, future law enforcement uh, officers of different agencies, fire, fire, fire firefighters, uh, paramedics. We always would take ex military big hiring uh, of ex military. Some just I'm talking fresh out of theaters of war or theaters of concern at the, at best, at uh, uh, worst, um, and. Uh, you know, we, we hired as best we could college, college kids, smart kids, kids going for their master's degrees, kids uh, studying engineering, all those things. And we and try to recruit them to the security industry because that's what the industry needs. It's pretty important. You're on the front lines of things. And I have gone through a little bit of um, disease and pandemic response, gone, gone through chemical attack response training. I've led some of those courses. And I have been in actual command centers that are active in situations with city officials, uh, police and fire chiefs, captains, whatever it may be. I've been in training scenarios with them. And there has been a few times in my career later when I was the actual director where a police captain has turned to me and said, the decision to evacuate this property with 20,000 people on it, this decision is yours and yours alone to make. And you have about five seconds to make it. I've been in that situation. So I think I am, I am not trained and an expert in anything that is going on right now in the world. I'll, I'll make that clear. But I do know a little bit about managing stress in those kind of situations and lowering hysteric, hysteria and lowering the panic levels and realizing that a lot of times it's, it's actually quite all right. Everything's going to be okay. Just let the people trained in this stuff, experts in this stuff, do what they have to do. And I think they're doing it. And I wish everyone would stay the hell off Twitter and offline to let them do their work. And I don't, don't trust any of these posts of, hi, I'm an ER nurse over at a hospital in Altoona. And here's a picture that you could have found online of any nurse. And here's my seven paragraphs on how to heal yourself of coronavirus. Don't trust that stuff. Some of it could be true. Some of it could be helpful information. There has been a couple times in the last week where I've seen some of this. Oh, oh, that looks like good information. Let me read this tweet thread, only to find out that it's complete bullshit. And it isn't what it is, or it's half true. Some of it's true. Could be true. Uh, Be careful of all the words you're seeing. Estimated. Possibly. Could be. We're looking at. None of them are hard, fast numbers. Now, I also understand some of those hard, fast numbers are hard to come by, and we might not know them. And there could be information being held back intentionally to keep you from going crazy. I believe in that stuff, though. I've been in this situation. Again, I'm not comparing my career, 17-year career, with anything that's going on. I want to make that clear. But I have been in the situation of evacuating 20,000 people and going to some of those people, particularly store managers, employees, as well as the customers, and going, you've got to go. You've got to get out. Why? I don't need you, I can't tell you I don't need you to ask, I need you to go we'll deal with the rest later and I understand you might feel you're entitled to that information and there's sometimes depending on how you ask I might give you that information as you're going a lot of times you don't need that information because I know you're going to panic there's good reason to believe when you hear something and you think you're in a situation to act Act on that situation. There was one particular incident. Obviously, gun violence is something very, very much on people's minds. It should be. How to prevent it. How to handle it. A lot of bigger questions. But there was one particular incident where a fight happened, a fist fight type of situation. People fighting over uh, something in a store. It was uh, actually a, a Macy's. And inside that Macy's, They fought until they knocked over a glass container. The glass container exploded as it hit the ground. Somehow that translated into gunshots. We made the news that night. We made the news from a pretty normal and annoying fight between customers on something that we don't even, you know, we did not deal inside with stores. Macy's, JCPenney, Sears, Robinson's, May, Anchor Stores as they're called. We don't deal with that stuff. We help assist we keep tabs. We work with the loss prevention manager, the asset protection managers, but we, we weren't in there. We weren't patrolling around. We were helping. We cut through sometimes. We'd assist them. They'd assist us, but we didn't work for them. They didn't work for us. So they had that situation going on inside their store. We didn't know about it. Boom, crash glass. There's a gunshot. Everyone stampeded out of there as if it was a movie for something that no one needed to before we could get control of on it. And then people then people wouldn't believe us. We had the information they needed, and we were telling them, don't worry, just fight, glass broke. Oh no, I heard, someone told me, they came running out, they saw the gun. First of all, I'll tell you, in 17 years, I've never had a witness be 100% accurate, even those with the best intentions. Never, never, 17 years, never has happened. No witness account is 100% true, I'm telling you. And in that particular incident, I mean, it was chaos. Again, we made the news, the local news, local Los Angeles. And when I said local news, Los Angeles is big news. And this was back in 2013 range. And if it had been now, and I think there has been a couple of instances I've seen at malls now, number one that are real, again, hearing something reacting to it, going, ooh, that might be this. I'm afraid of this happening, and I think this is going on, so I need to act accordingly. That's fine fact, that's encouraged. I want you to do that. But don't overreact. Don't scream. Don't panic. Don't 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 lose control of what's going on. You might not be prepared for that situation and your adrenaline kicks in. I get it. I get it. But I go to those situations and I see what's happening now. The people on Twitter are the ones screaming. I actually saw the gun. We got to get out. And that might not be the information. It might be. But how you react to that possible information is going to determine how other people react to the information. It is a chain. And sometimes things happen that you don't know. Sometimes things happen, you don't know, where we were one time on a bomb threat. And this is one of the cases where we evacuated half the property on a Friday night. Device is found by someone called in. So we had a canine unit. It was a bomb trained, bomb sniffing dog on property, and that's a whole nother. It was the greatest thing in the world, and people would see that handler. It was a retired federal police officer, and he retired young due to injury, so he was a very young, uh, you know, late forties, capable-bodied guy. Uh, wasn't some old guy "Ah, who retired. Very capable, very trained. The dog went to the same training that all police dogs go to. I mean, talking same classes. This dog was ready to go. And people would see that and over, oh, you guys are overreacting for shoplifting. It's like, what do you, What do we know that you don't know? Trust us in this situation. We need this kind of uh, resource here. And sure enough, on a Friday night about 8 p.m. on a crowded mall in Los Angeles, a device was found. So we go over to the dog with the dog. Yes, and I go over a safe distance, but I had to go over. I'm in a suit. <laughs> uh, no, no, nothing else. And we go over. We look at the device. The dog sniffs it, doesn't hit doesn't hit. So, all right, tension goes down because there's a fact in front of me. But we still don't know. And that translates, again, to this situation that we're all going through in the world. You still don't know. It could go sideways. It could go backwards. It could go forwards. And it could happen fast. So we have to treat every situation the same. We think this is probably, at this point, not a bomb But it looks like something. It's suspicious, something that we can't place. The dog hasn't hit it. But hey, even a dog, a trained bomb sniffing dog might miss. So police is called. This is what happens in a bomb threat. A black and white unit shows up. We don't call 911. We call the front desk of the local police agency. We think we have a suspicious device. We have already checked it. We have located it. Because here's the thing. If you get a bomb threat, someone calls, they don't come rushing over. Police do not come rushing over. That's why you have security teams at these facilities. It's their job to see if they can find the device. So I got $10 an hour guys and girls going around trying to find a device in those situations. They need to be paid more. And that's, again, why the job is not as understood as it should outside the public. Long story short, we go up there. Please come out. The two black and white officers, uh, the black and white is what they call the car. The black and white units come out. They walk up to it and they do this. Ah, back away. Called the front, called their sergeant. Yep, we found something. we forgot to hit Boom, Bomb Squad rolls. Bomb Squad is not in a centralized location in Los Angeles. Bomb Squad, much like the SWAT team or LAPD Metro Division, it's based out of Metro Division, but the SWAT team is not in one place unless they're training, working out, maybe a couple guys hanging around. They have to come from their houses. They come from their locations. If you're in Los Angeles and you see unmarked black police vehicles coming down or sometimes unmarked white police vehicles, SUVs, type of things, that's the Bomb Squad. They are racing towards where they need to go. They have to, like the Avengers, assemble up. So the bomb squad does not come right away. We have to, with the local police division, which was at this time LAPD Devinch Division, have to sink it all, uh, lock it all down. Uh, we make decision to clear out stores in that area. And again, I might go to a manager of a store and say. Here's what we've got. I need you to get your people to comply quietly. I don't need panic. I don't need hysteria. I don't need people running out. Okay. Most of them comply. They get it. And we tell them this isn't a, this isn't a threat. This isn't a phone in threat. This isn't a written threat. This is a device has been found that we cannot currently place. You have to err on the co- side of caution. And I think a lot of the things going on today are erring on the side of caution. A lot of it, this is a little cynical, but a lot of it is liability-based reasons. A lot of it is liability bla- uh, place reasons. I think we can take this hero's view of we're shutting down this event to uh, lower the, the, the threat and lower the spread. But really, I think what a lot of these places are doing is shutting down events so that someone doesn't get it and then they sue that company. Liability drives everything, unfortunately. So we cleared out. Bomb bomb squad finally shows up. And I've seen the robot in action. I've seen many funny situations. Uh, Command center, it's a mobilized command center. It shows up. I got police captains. I got uh, bomb squad sergeant. Uh, I got lieutenants showing up. I got a city councilman showing up. Word spreads on a Friday night. I have to call the mall manager down. I have to call my company. I have to call my corporate people in Chicago. And we're all on the phone. We're all there. And they go up with the robot in the camera. And I'm sitting in the command truck with them. And you see them go up to the device and go, yep, we can't place that either. So they turn to me and say, we recommend that you – Evacuate the mall, or at least half of the mall, which includes giant restaurants in action on Friday night, a 10-movie theater facility where I saw Attack the Clones, by the way, years earlier, uh, the first time. Um, uh, Three, four major restaurants, not not just the mall, not just the food court, not just everything. You have to shut it all down and get them off property. By the way, I have like eight people on staff because um, a lot of these big companies that hire security companies – not only to underpay they understaff to save money for themselves uh, a lot of people have this thought of uh, dealing uh, with the, giving the, the amount of people for what they think the situation uh, requires so one officer can handle a situation in truth two or three are needed if you ever go by a situation and you see six police officers and you're like how many how many officers do they need for that situation it's safety it's numbers it's a numbers game and security companies often do not have those numbers. When I started 20 years ago, we had 2,000 hours a week and employees. When I left 17 years later, we had 1,000. Literally 50% of our man hours were cut for money. So all that I say, we have about eight people. <laughs> An off-duty police officer is actually consulting with me, the canine unit. And again, the canine unit, the canine officer goes and says, hey, my dog didn't hit on it. And the police say, understood. Thank you very much. We're going to bring in our own dogs. They have to. Liability reasons. Procedures, chain of command, all those things. So they go and do that. And there's the point of this story, the reason I'm telling the story. All that training, all that calm, all the precautions, everything we did. Not only was it a very high-stress situation, and I had to make the call to evacuate half the mall on a Friday night. Um, you know, you got to make sure the news media, which is listening to the police scanners, doesn't know. They usually switch to... Uh, private channels, when possible, to communicate this stuff, but sometimes it gets out. This one, I think, this was kept under wraps. So we make this decision. We're standing around. I'm standing next to a police lieutenant, the K9 unit, and a and a regular officer, patrol officer for LAPD. We're at the uh, uh, caution line. I'm away from the command center at this point because now we're just now we're just kind of waiting to see. We're waiting for certain other members of the bomb squad to show up, and that includes uh, guys getting into into the suits and uh, going to detonate it which is the decision they they all often make in these situations. And I've seen few detonations in my day. So we're waiting. All of us. I'm talking to again, a police Lieutenant. I got a police Sergeant nearby who uh, Sergeant Graybill was his name. I'll never forget his name. He he always drove the, Pickup, there was like one pickup truck at that at that uh, Devonshire Division station, and like he drove it, and he had like a handlebar mustache. He was like a cowboy, um, and he's just standing there, and he's telling them, like, "Hey, you guys are doing your your staff is doing great. We appreciate the great help. We're bringing maps out. We got our we got our training down. Here's what we're doing, showing them where the power shutoffs are. All of the middle of all that on the south side of the property, we're talking hundred yards away, football field away." But on a Friday night that's kind of going still, calm, calm night, we suddenly hear a loud explosion. Boom! All the training, everything in the world from my security staff, the police officers, the command officers, and the bomb squad. All of us froze. There was a moment of of silence, and everyone looked at each other and went, was that you? Were you guys detonating? No, we didn't go over there yet. Who was that? Boom. All that happens in about a second and then controlled panic kicks in for even a veteran group that we were dealing with, for even me who have been in the business at the time 16 years, been through many bomb threats, all those things, and we all freak out. We all forgot the golden rule. Don't panic. Turns out unaware of the situation with three teenagers blowing up an M4 or an M80 or whatever kind of stupid little uh, firework explosive device they got. They were kind of unaware of what was going on. Um, Nothing really wrong happened to them. I would have loved, them, loved to have thrown them down an empty elevator shaft. Get on, get out of here because the situ- our situation was not done. All that goes ahead, it filters into my mind this week. It filters into my mind this week. And you out there are, are experiencing the same things. You, you have trust in, 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 in governments around the world as best you can. I know that's hard, right? I know that's hard. You have trust in what's going on. You're staying away from Twitter. But then panic hits. And I felt it too. I went the day before we left. We went to Disneyland this week, which I'm going to talk about in a second. The Di- Great, greatest thing I went down to Disneyland, I met a friend of mine and his wife down there were treating us. It was a planned trip. Hotel rooms, all those kind of things. And... We made, made that decision to go, but I went to my local target. Panic is already, you know, you're seeing things online, the toilet paper going, we got it, we got it, we feel it. And I wasn't worried. I wasn't panicked, but I wanted to pick up some, legitimately pick up some, some, pick up some items for travel. Go over there and number one, there's so many people in there. Everything is picked clean. I was able to pick up a couple things again for travel. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. And the panic starts to come over me. It was as if that figurative M80 had gone off, uh, that firework had gone off on the south side of the mall, and everyone tensed up again. It was all going on inside my heart at that moment. Boom! So even me, someone who I feels pretty used to this kind of stress, the adrenaline kicks in. A little panic will kick in, but then you get control of it. Your training sits in, and, and your love of the adrenaline. So if you're a first responder, you kind of love that. It's in your blood. But even all that can sometimes go away and can collapse and fall, and so uh, just keep holding on to that. And if you do, it's okay. If you panic, it's okay. But hold on, get back, pull yourself back from that bridge, pull yourself back from that edge. Right? Don't panic. Don't panic. Do what is suggested. Do what's asked. Um, and on going to Disneyland, uh, we've gone to Vegas. And I said on last week's broadcast, and that's what we talked a lot about of like, Hey, everyone's washing your hands. Maybe this will be the big thing to come out of it. We'll be a cleaner society. Hopefully that sticks. Then again, I remember going back to the days after nine 11 and, and just the f- tears and the love and the pure man helping man type of feeling. And you're like, maybe this will stick. No, nah, that did not. But maybe the clean hands will stick. And I still hope that. Still hope that I did not get sick in Las Vegas. First time ever. I never picked up anything in Las Vegas. I say this as non-flippant as possible. I felt safer in Disneyland. And I was there the minute I was on property at Disneyland in Anaheim when Disney announced they were closing the park uh, on the 14th. We were on the train riding around with our friends. I saw the Twitter tweets come across. Uh, It was a weird time. Also pouring rain. Pouring rain, which uh, might just, you know, give you just a regular old cold, regardless. We were so, I felt, I'm telling you, it is a situation which people there were prepared for it and aware of it, not panicking, handling the situation, doing the best you can. We didn't touch anything, and if we did, our hands were cleaned immediately after. We were washing all day, Purelling all day, soap and water all day, hand wipes all day doing everything we could, even in lines. I didn't feel in lines. Space Mountain, usually in closed space, you know? Didn't feel. Now, again, do we know? Do we know we're clean? No. No. But I felt safer at Disneyland than I did days earlier at Target. With every bumpkin in my neighborhood, rubbing shoulders, fighting for toilet paper, trying to cut to get to the, uh, you know, the, the ice cream before you or the frozen pizzas before you, I felt more nervous there. again, think I'm clear from Vegas? We do those tests. I mean, I know there's not a lot of tests going on. That's part of the fears. What's actually out there? Totally get it. Totally get it. But I'm telling you, don't panic. Do what's what's required. Be prepared. Just take a breath. Take a breath. We'll be okay. We're going to get through this. I meant this episode to be a lighthearted episode. I want it to be a lighthearted episode. So how about this? The other side of the break, I'm going to play the audio I recorded on the way to Las Vegas. I'll also explain why I only recorded it on the way to Las Vegas and two clips in Las Vegas. And nothing more after that. We uh, went out, Grace and I, Christian Ruvacamba, Mark Ellis, Josh McCougar met us there. Uh, John Kaiser came out uh, from Schmodown and we did a comedy show at House of Blues. It was a great time. Even with what was hanging over with us, it was again, the day after we left, by the way, we stayed at the Mandalay Bay, the day after we left, Mandalay Bay announced, eh, we're shutting down some things in all of our, you know, the company that owns Mandalay Bay, we're shutting down things, the buffets and everything. So I don't know, it's weird. Wherever I go, things shut behind me. <laughs> so I'm going to play a little bit of that. We're going to have some fun. Uh, you know, we could be a little serious. We could be a little serious. Serious times, but I want to also provide some stupid entertainment, because that's what I am. Stupid. That's what I do. So stick around. The other side of this. Rick. On the road to Vegas. With me and my pals. <laughs> is your old friend Tosh Allen here and you're listening to the Saturday Night Sock here. You got go picture, kid. Thanks, Dutch. We're back. All right. So before all of this went completely uh, crazy, we had a gig in Las Vegas that I do believe now would have been canceled, though half the audience was gone. Even the, the ticket sales were down, but it was the type of situation where, uh, you know, we were we had a small intimate crowd, which was actually quite all right. Good crowd. Those that showed up, including really, our, our friend DJ Snacks, a patron supporter of mine, well, we had a great time. I, I, I just don't think it would have happened. <laughs> I think that the House of Blues Vegas is a, is, has announced some cancellation of events since we left. So that wasn't in our minds yet. We are performing comedy and we are heading on the road to Las Vegas. And I have brought along with me my phone, which, by the way, the voice memo on your phone—if you—if you have an Apple iPhone—if you're looking to record podcasts on the go, that's really good. Don't even worry; it's really good. I also have a Sure Shure microphone. It's about 150 dollars retail price to go, and it is really good as well. You have seen uh, seen heard heard me, I should say, uh, heard me use it previously for like some force center stuff on, at conventions. And uh, infamously, Josh and I recorded it from our bed in a hotel in she- in Seattle uh, last March, about a year ago. So you can record a lot of things. And I was like, "Let's do it! I'm gonna. We, I'm, I'm traveling with friends, traveling with Grace. Let's, you know, four of us in a car. Let's do this. Let's. I'm gonna vlog. I'm gonna audio vlog. I'm gonna og. Is that what you call it? I'm gonna do that and uh, capture all the fun of the adventure. And I, I've done that kind of stuff before. I even show up with a microphone to Schmodown tapings and, 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 and tell myself, today's the day I'm going to get little sound bites from a lot of little friends and competitors and just put it on Saturday Night Napsock or even put some of the Star Wars ones on Force Center. I bring the microphone and then it just sits <laughs> It just sits there. Uh, and I don't, that is, ah, I do this every time I think about it. Why well, should get my microphone out? We have some downtime. Eh. So I started strong on this trip. And it faded away, and I'll tell you in a bit why it faded away. But we are going to begin right now with us heading on out here. It's Saturday night, Napsack, on the road to Las Vegas. All right, NapSuck Files fans, uh, we're actually moving on the freeway here for Saturday Night NapSuck Special Edition, uh, the team in Vegas. I'm not alone, and I'm not driving. Uh, driving today is uh, the one and only uh, Mark Ellis of Mark Ellis and Friends. Uh, it's, it's
1: keep it down back there. Uh, yeah, we're, he's
0: driving, and uh, the front seat is is Heather Grace Hancock. Hello. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I don't know how the sound is working. We're on the road. I got the mic. And then with me, taping me right now, is Christian Ruvacaba. Uh, Christian, how does it feel to be
2: in the back? Oh, it feels so good. They crammed me in the corner. They're torturing me here. Yeah. These
0: white people just are so privileged.
2: Yeah, we're
0: privileged with our suitcases. Uh, so Mark Ellis is driving. Uh, he's got a brand-new car, uh, which he deserves, uh, totally deserves. He works so hard. Um, three weeks old. Yeah, three weeks old. So the storage, the, the Mark, what's going on with the back There's not a lot of space back there. So
1: it's a hybrid. Okay. Uh, like an idiot, I got the hybrid again because I want to save the environment. And, um... When you save the environment with a Ford, you apparently sacrifice half your trunk space. Yeah. So we don't have a whole lot of room for supplies, yeah. but luckily Grace did not bring her industrial-strength <laughs> hairdryer. So everybody sacrificed, Yeah. and we all made it in the car in one piece.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, uh, Christian and I packed for two days. You got some uh, camera equipment. Uh, Grace packed for a week. Uh, can you explain yourself?
3: Look, all right. I Who knows what mood I'm going to be in? And I only brought, like, four pairs of shoes, which is a record for me, A. B, now that I've chopped all my hair off, I I could even bring my smaller industrial hair dryer. I'm being very economic, okay? Like, it's not my fault. I warned you all.
2: Uh, Christian, did you... Excel chart out your outfits for the next two days? No, I did not. I Excel ch- uh, chart the uh, the equipment that I have. That's, well, that's not why I didn't do okay, that at no, all. No. I just threw everything into one bag and prayed that it doesn't right. fall out of the car. Uh,
0: Mark have you ever Google uh, sheeted or Excel sheeted your outfits for the next two days?
1: I think uh, we both know the answer to that question, Ken, as, as do your listeners. The real question is, does everybody out there listening to this episode of the Knapsack Files know that Mark literally packed on the way to pick Christian Rubalcaba up from <laughs> Ken and Grace's place, where I picked them up. <laughs> yes,
0: that—that that seems accurate. That yeah. seems accurate, indeed. Um, all right, so uh, will we check it in? Um, well, actually, uh, uh, Grace, how many outfits did you plan for the two-day trip?
3: <laughs> okay, well, I have two. I have two travel looks. I have three daytime looks, and I have two evening looks with a couple of like alternative tops.
0: I packed six pairs of underwear just in case. That's what we're doing here. All right. So Ellis claims we're going to be doing a lot of stops on the way. We're doing some videos. Uh, we're documenting the fun, and you guys get to hear it here. Uh, so stick around for more fun on Saturday Night Napstock. All right, there we uh, have it. The first clip, and I thought this is great. You know, and I, and I I'm a, I'm an overpacker, so I'm teasing Grace, of course, but I overpack. But this trip, I, uh, we, 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 we barely got all the suitcases in. Mark's car. He's got a great car. He's got a new Ford Fusion, like a spaceship, all those good th- good things. Got to drive it back, actually. But we were squished in there. All credit to Christian Rufakaba because he had, like, a full-packed camera equipment kind of size squished backpack on uh, his lap between his legs. I-, I-, I don't know how he did it. I would, my knee would have cramped up uh, kids these days with their uh, uh, non-cramped knees God bless them all. All right, uh, we roll on with this next clip. All right, back on the air here, everybody. We are about to pull off, and there's a truck in front of us that uh, Grace is really interested in. What, what truck is that?
3: I don't know. It's holding, like, metal rods or something, but it's very gore It looks like a kaleidoscope.
0: Do I th- going to go with Christmas ornaments. Do you think yeah. it's going to Area 51? Oh, for sure. I think that's alien, that's alien technology. Oh,
3: yeah, look at this ship, yeah. for sure.
0: Oh, man. Um. We are close to making our first stop, which I'm surprised it's taken this long. Uh, Ellis uh, gave me the idea that we'd be stopping every five minutes for a Tink's. Uh, what's the reason for liberal stops, Mark?
1: Uh, well, 64 ounces of liquid kicked off the drive Woo! before I even had a passenger in my car. Yeah. So I figure between that and all of the uh, really appealing signs for alien beef jerky... Right. we'd have multiple reasons to pull over and uh we just haven't had it yet ken and i also love i take after my old man in this regard i love getting out of it doesn't matter how big or small the town that you started the trip in right you have to get the f out of there as quick as possible
0: yeah so that's what we did yeah no i do uh, do appreciate your don't stop right when you get in the car on the way out get out of town a bit hit some kind of uh, restaurant with a, a political or moral agenda behind it, and uh, you, you feel like almost like fresh air, right? It's, it's almost fresh air to the point where
1: I think we're actually pulling over now because I do see a, uh, I see a sign for Wendy's. Wendy's? And that's always a, <laughs> uh, a welcome sighting on the road.
0: Nice, nice Wendy's indeed. Uh, uh, Grace, how do you feel about a red-haired girl being a mar- used to market a hamburger?
3: I actually, I feel okay with that. I also think that Wendy's has vegetarian options. And C, I had a great uncle who was friends with the guy who started Wendy's, and he wanted him to start, him, start it with him, and he said no.
1: Wait, so Dave, is been. that Dave Thomas? The founder of Wendy's? Columbus, Ohio legend?
3: I guess so, yeah.
1: Dave Thomas? The late Dave Thomas?
3: Month, yeah. Wow. And he said no. My great uncle was like, Nah sounds stupid. Oh, man. Is he
1: your great uncle because he's your great uncle or because he's so great at being an uncle? Can Is he that's... be
3: can he be both?
1: Okay, it sounds like you love him.
3: Oh yeah, he was the best. That's my ceiling. He since passed. I would
0: to be
1: known as Mark the great
3: uncle.
0: We are approaching Hesperia and then Victorville. Uh, Victorville, I'll be doing a book signing on May 1st. I'm oh. actually I'm actually excited about that. I've made too many jokes about Victorville in my life. I've also uh, made a joke about Hesperia because it's the only Sonic in Southern California. Christian Ruvicabo, what do you feel about Sonic? Oh,
2: there's actually one in Brea, California. Oh, they've added yes. a Brea. Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, before I moved there, uh, but Hesperia also—if you're out here for your yeah. book signing—come uh, out to Hesperia, where uh, there is a—I don't know the name of it. I'll find the name for you, uh, where you can get a uh, burrito the size of your arm.
4: Ooh. Yeah. I
2: have long monkey arms. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Can you? Do they measure?
0: Do they measure? <laughs>
2: Can they never
0: measure. <laughs> Give up. me your arm. You get a burrito, an arm burrito. What? What's that? We're passing the Texas Roadhouse. Uh, I, do, uh, I don't know what I would do if I was raised in Hesperia. How quick do you get out of Hesperia? No disregard or disrespect yeah, to anyone. In, in. You have family in Hesperia? Yeah, yeah. Do you come out for a,
2: a visit? Uh, my cousin's uh, wedding was out here. There's an Arby's! I'm sorry. Uh, they. My cousin's wedding was out here in uh, Hesperia, and it was quite wonderful. <laughs> Why do you like Arby's? Oh. They've got all of the meat, but none of the stores. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: what do you feel about uh, how long? When did you discover that Arby's was named after R. B. Roast Beef?
2: Oh, uh, right now. No. Uh, <laughs> Two weeks ago for me. Two I weeks ago. And tweeted me. Yeah. Oh, man.
0: yeah. 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 Oh, Grace didn't know. Well, you've never been in an Arby's, right? No.
3: You've gotten me those fries, though, those, like, brown ones, I like those.
0: Okay, that's fine, that's fine. Is it true that you don't know how to use a soda machine in a fast food place?
3: Look, I was desperate, I had to go in, I was literally about to pass out, it was my only option, and no, I couldn't figure it out, it was a very hard thing, I had to ask. It was very humiliating.
0: There you go. All right, we're going to get some food here, we might be, oh, yeah. the trip is picking up, you know why? Why? Oh, yeah. South Path, Sedina Zone, Van Halen or something. All right. We're going to be hitting, to a, hitting an In-N-Out burger. Uh, maybe an Arby's. Maybe an Arby's. At In-N-Out line. Oh and maybe God. that food mart at the Shell Gas Station. The Dapsack Files Saturday Night special Vegas edition rolls on. I mean, look, I know the In-N-Out is right there. but So as we faded out there, I left a little little clip from uh, Christian Ruvikava, kind of an off-air comment. We we shot a Wanger's drive through in the internet. I don't know if he's putting together. We had some technical issues, so maybe it won't come out. But we shot it where we, me, Grace, and Mark substituted uh, as uh, you know for Cody and Brian Perez and any other guests they've had. So uh, that's fun. But I, I left it in there because cause that's how powerful a hold Arby's has on Christian uh, Ruvikama, he loves Arby's. His face lights up. And so we were going to go shoot it in and out. But we saw he he was, he almost pulled us to the Arby's. We almost did the Arby's, but we did the in and out. Uh, and that was an interesting experience because yeah, a lot of, you know, I'm very, very public. Oh, very, there's a lot of issues in life to be really hard, depressed t- and, and really stand firm on. And for me, it is uh, this idea that um, uh, in and out isn't good. Uh, I, 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 the shakes are great. Now, the shakes are great. In and out isn't good. But we, we needed to do this. Uh, Mark wanted to stop there. And there was some family history attached to that in and out for Mark. So we went there. We shot a great one. But I had a, I'll tell you what I got. I got the grilled cheese. You can order the grilled cheese. Now, it's not a regular grilled cheese kind of sandwich, but they just take the meat out and you get a lot of cheese and lettuce and onions and tomatoes on the in and out bun. And then it actually was really good. That might be my choice. then, and I, I'm okay with the french fries if you get to them right away, but then they get cold and soggy, and I know, because they're made of actual potatoes. That's a different conversation for another show. We're not going to do that. We're gonna, not going to do that. Um, one thing that we talked about at the beginning of that clip is when you're traveling on the road, when do you stop? I used to be a drive straight through as, me- as best as possible, and I still, I'll I'll, I'll I'll try to do that. On the road to Vegas, I know where to stop. I get made fun of for a little, uh, having my specific little stops um, for different uses of the bathroom, you know what I mean? Um, but I still kind of am a let's just get there, Um, but that changes as as you get older. That changes, and and, and stopping, it's okay. Budget for it. Relax, relax. But um, what uh, Mark does that has kind of changed my uh, opinion on on when to stock up on road food, because I do love road food, not food from the road, but food on the road. I might occasionally hit a 7-Eleven. I'm close to a couple 7-Elevens, as everyone should be. Uh, so maybe grabbing something before I head out is okay. But on longer trips, I used to do the thing too. All right, we got in the car. We're packed. Let's go to the Starbucks or let's go to the gas station and get some snacks. I do that after you get out of town. And I learned that from Ellis. It was like, yeah, this makes sense. Let's get the hell out of town in half hour. Forty five minutes, maybe an hour if you're depending on the length of your journey. We did that for Arizona, about forty-five minutes into our six hour journey. Then you stop off. You feel like whew, the journey has begun. Let's get a snack. And you're not as go, 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 go. I think that is a smart idea. Mark Ellis is a good traveler. This I can tell you. And he knows how to enjoy a rest stop. Oh, what do I mean what do I mean by that? Eh, just listen. All right, we're out here at the Valley Wells rest stop. Walking around, and I don't know what we got here. Uh, Christian Ruvakaba yes, is looking in some binoculars into the well, desert.
2: I don't want to put my eyes onto it. Yeah. Uh, it's free. It's free. What can you see? Because there's like a outcropping... I see Clark Mountain. That's what it Okay,
0: is. that's what we're looking at. Yeah.
2: I, I saw mean, someone shining something. It could be one of the creatures. Oh, we are pretty
0: ice. convinced there's hills that have eyes people out there. I don't know what I'm <laughs> seeing. I, yeah, you're right. I, I I I'm not overly concerned about coronavirus. I'm definitely aware. Yes. You guys so, at Clark Mountain. Huh? Yeah, Clark Mountain. So, I'm not touching anything. Um, My hands are cold. Uh, your hands are cold, honey.
3: Yeah, all the dryers are out of service, and so I'm just wet.
0: Well, this is how I feel. This is good, though. Just dry your hands on your on your hood. On your hoodie. Dry your hands on my shirt. All right. You're a good friend. Uh, I love you. Uh, we are uh, just yeah. wandering around. Uh, Christian, do you have any good uh, do you have any good uh, rest stop memories
2: in your life? Ooh, yes. Okay, so uh, one of my favorite uh, sleeping bags I've ever had was a Power Rangers one. And then I, also, I think I also had a Scooby-Doo one. Uh, but I remember one time throwing up into one of them and then having to, uh, uh, my parents had to discard it because we were on a long road trip off the side of the freeway. So we might actually find it here today. <laughs> you might find it?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, I mean, that's a good memory.
2: Very we're, unfortunate. I don't know where Mark Ellis
0: is leaving. We're walking what right would now. You do if
2: we did find it? What if if we we found, found it? Trip with that uh, that
0: would be pretty fun. Mark Ellis is leading us into the desert. We're taking us to the hill. This, if anyone's getting this recording later, we're last seen at the Valley Wells rest stop off the 15 freeway. Uh, I'm gonna att- attempt to interview Mark Ellis while we're walking out to the I got desert. i a
1: little nervous crossing this terrain because I feel like there's rattlesnakes all in.
0: Oh, lightning sand this too. This could be quicksand. No,
1: this is a wash, they
3: wouldn't be in the wash.
1: Yeah, so, Mark, you're deathly afraid of snakes as I am, right? Terrified of snakes, like Ken Napsack and like a guy you may have heard of named Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, we're in good company for snake Why haters. Why do have to be snakes? I mean, I don't
0: hate. I, I don't hate snakes. I'm
1: just afraid of them. I don't. I don't trust. No, them. I think they're amazing creatures. Yeah, um, beautiful creatures. One of the best creatures. ones that God has
0: ever blessed us with. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with them. Uh, it's gonna be a very religious trip from here. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a in and out Parker. I'm thanking the good Lord we're, for everything for, for this audio podcast. But we're now staring out at some cactuses. Don't hug them. Uh, out into the
1: uh, nothingness of the desert. So my my vending machine rest stop yeah. memories because I really lead with the vending machine. First time I ever saw a mellow yellow. Oh, I yeah. I remember my brother and I being like, what the hell is this? Sprite? 7 <laughs> Up, you better look out because Mellow Yellow's in town. And then the vending machines, we'd get excited about like kind of off brandy snacks. Like if you saw an oh, Andy Capps yeah. Hot Fries, you got it. <laughs> Even though they're disgusting, they get stuck what in your is an forever. Andy Capps Hot Fries? Andy Kapp's Hot Fries. I did, that they're must comic, be regional. Comic strip character Andy Cap? Oh, Andy Cap, yeah. Hot Fries. Oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, we Gra- got a snake Grace hole. has found a okay, snake. Grace, hole. You, have, you have the smallest hands. So reach in there. Actually, you, you know what? I probably
0: have the smallest hands out of the four. <laughs> Very presidential. But uh I don't know. Don't uh, don't put your don't put your hand in the snake hole. I bet a prairie dog. What? Over. A prairie dog. Du- now that's even worse. Prairie dogs are the best. That's well, prairie I'm not, not got nothing against snakes or prairie dogs. I don't want you reaching your hand into that prairie dog snake hole. What would you do if I did? Nothing I pulled your hand out of it
3: Would you give me 50 bucks? How come you're not afraid of snakes? I love snakes Uh, They feel so cool They're so soft and elegant and sexy I love them to death
0: Sinner (laughs) All right. We're going to get back in the car Uh, We continue Uh, We're not too far from Vegas About an hour from Vegas And we'll see what's going on here If we can make our way back to our car Okay, you probably heard what I heard in that clip. Number one, we, we we got too close to a snake hole or a prairie dog hole or something. I don't know. But the other thing you heard is I was gasping for air, and i I shocked because I wasn't. We didn't walk far. We walked in some dirt. I, I do my cardio. I don't have great wind. I never have had great wind. But I listened to that clip, and I'm like, am I dying? I know the microphone was really close to my – I was holding the phone up to my, my uh, mouth – uh, giggity. Um, but it sounded like I'm, <laughs> I mean, the things you learn when you're recording on the road, I- I'm going to, I'm going to go get that checked. I might be dying. It was weird. I- I'm shocked. Really shocked. Like kind of embarrassed shocked. I'm in better shape. Uh, trust me. I'm in better shape, but I do that. Th- I do that even when I record here, I do that a lot. Uh, you, you listen to me long enough. I, I shouldn't even point it out. Cause now you're going to, it's going to drive you crazy. You'll never hear it. I just got to, I got to Control my breathing a little bit better, but that that clip it was a great clip. If you ever been out to the Indian Wells area rest stop or the Valley Wells, not any Indian Wells is another spot. But if you've uh, been out there, you can you know it, you're in the middle of nowhere. We made a joke about the hills have eyes, but we we're talking about that on the drive up there. About where are those are there, are those real people? Are they out there? And and Mark just wanted to walk, get some fresh air, and he let us out well past. I mean, half football field away—that's fifty yards to you and me, unless you're in, uh, Canadian football league. Well outside the bounds of the rest stop, but it was kind of nice. It was kind of relaxing. It was like one of those, uh, you know, movies where all the characters jump out of the van at the rest stop and have some life moment. It was a good time. It's a good time. Uh, then we approached uh, from there. Uh, you're not too far away from the border, Nevada and California. We are approaching state line purchase that. Pretty
2: exciting, right, Christian? We're going right. to a
0: different state in this a few so minutes.
2: Very exciting. I don't know if this was a popular tradition, but my uncle used to do this. Yeah. Every time, right before the state line, he'd be like, California, 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 California Nevada! Nevada. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty like fun. Happy and <laughs> so joyful about so you're, things in life. You were like eight? <laughs> yeah, let's say that. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that fair. Works.
0: that's fair. Um, I used to stop at the uh, the the western themed uh, the, Whiskey I think the, Pete's Whiskey Pete's yeah mm-hmm. there's a good barbecue place inside of Whiskey Pete's mm. but one time when I was uh, walking out of there a lady was screaming at the hotel clerk and she said, and there was ejaculate on the sheets.
2: Oh, <laughs> yes.
0: And I just Love it. kept walking, and I haven't been back. Uh, I never stayed there, but uh, that's good enough for me. That's true. Yeah, that's good enough for me. All right, we're approaching Stateline, and Ellis is going to go live with the video, so I'm going to shut this part of the podcast off. Oh,
1: okay. Thank you.
0: There you go. We, we crossed Stateline, and we had a very fun uh, Instagram video from Mark Ellis. Uh, they, you know, we were going live. I went live on Instagram for the first time when we were real drunk on Thursday night. You know, that's when you Instagram live. That's a good time. Drunk in Vegas. That's, a, uh, you know, I might not do that again. Uh, not that anything's horrible happened, but yeah, you, you never know what could happen there. I love stopping at Prim. That's one of my places to stop if you're driving to Vegas. And I love driving into Vegas. I really do. Flying, great, fine, convenient, cool. That's. I just love the drive. I, it's relaxing. I've done it by myself many times. Stopping at Prim and that big gas station with a giant convenience store inside. I wonder if they're selling toilet paper right now. I wonder if they're, maybe I'll head out there if we need need to. Uh, so that's, I mean, on the last clip too, we passed, uh, when we were in Hesperia going to Victorville, I mentioned the book signing. It's supposed to still happen May 1st in Victorville at the Barnes & Noble there. I saw it. I saw it from the street. It's like, I'll be there. So assuming we're still allowed to, to go out, uh, look for that May 1st on uh, uh, on, uh, on Barnes & Noble's Star Wars night. They're doing a trivia night, and I'm going to be uh, part of it there, but more importantly, book signing, books available, uh, why we love Star Wars. Uh, pick it up if you haven't. Pick up the audio book, all those kind of things. All right. We eventually made it. Mandalay Bay. I would never stayed there before. Mandalay Bay, and look to bring the trip down, but Mandalay Bay was the, uh, site or part of the, uh, the tragedy of the Vegas shooting a couple of years ago. So there is a weird, uh, there is kind of a weird feeling walk around. You can't deny it. Uh, the the, the, the locks, no locks on the door. I mean, you can lock your hotel room, but the, the little metal, uh, things that you put on the door that can, the, you know, the door stops or whatever that, so you can't open the door, even if it's unlocked, those are all gone. Uh, you have to, you, you're, you're told, you know, you have to kind of let the, housekeeping, uh, staff in after a certain amount of time. And I had learned that previously, even at the Gold Coast casino where I, I usually keep the, ha- uh, um, you know, the housekeeping staff, uh, just away from my room until I'm done or unless I really needed, uh, no, no nefarious reasons on the bed, but I get it. I get it. So we went there and, uh, you know, walking around, I started, I was like, I'm going to record. So I was going to bring the microphone, just kind of record as I was playing. And I thought, you know what? I don't know. Maybe not the best thing. So you're about to hear me recording for the casino floor nervously. All right, so we made it safely to Vegas, and I'm walking on the floor. I love the first sounds of all the slot machines, these tasty, tasty slot machines. Oh, there's something called Fortune Finder. That's not going to work. I'm actually heading to meet Mark Ellis and Christian Ruvicaba at the venue to try it out. See if we can get inside and see if we're going to be funny tomorrow night. I always love the first. I scout out, scout out the casinos as best I can. Not for crimes, but for Game of Thrones slots, and I haven't found any yet. It's pretty disappointing. All right. I'm going to meet Ellis and Christian. And hopefully not get stopped for recording in a casino. And I was really, really nervous. I shouldn't have been. I mean, I think it's okay to be nervous. You never know who's watching you. They're always watching, right? So I held that out like it was my phone. Like I was talking to a friend. (laughs) Which you are all my friends. So I'm not lying. And this is where the trip started to change. This is where my recordings, yeah, started to go. You guys know uh I love the slots and I know I know you don't need to tell me. You're you're gonna lose on the slots. Even when you win, eventually you're gonna lose. Totally get it. But I love the journey. It's it's fun, it's entertainment. I do I budget, and I didn't have a lot of gambling money this trip, to be honest. But I budget. A couple couple hundred dollars for a little bit of entertainment, the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat. Give me some Wheel of Fortune spins. Give me a Lord of the Rings special features activated. Give me some dragons flying on Game of Thrones. I get that the end result is probably me losing money. But I'm paying for this entertainment. I'm okay with that, right? I think if you approach it with that, that mentality, you're okay. Now, Ellis, Aruvakaba, Makuga, and Riley, who showed up the next day, all love blackjack. And I love playing blackjack, too. I'm intimidated by the dealers. They go to the tables. I should have done it with them. We should have all taken over a table. It just never worked out that way. Grace wanted to kind of learn the game a little bit, and I would have had fun because then you can make some money. Some people in our team, not going to say who, came up a little bit ahead from the trip. That's great. But I've had slot experiences where I have come up way ahead. It does happen. Victories do happen. But what I don't like is when I put in a big amount of money, You know, and again, I'm not a high roller, but put in your, your $50 or above, and then the slot machine takes it in two minutes. I get I get angry. I get angry at myself, get angry at the machine, get angry at Vegas, get angry at life. I want to have a little bit of experience. I want to have a little bit of a, of a good ride. And there is the new, you guys know, I love my Lord of the Rings slots, but there's the newer versions, updated, and they're fancy. I did like them, but they don't pay out as much, at least at the Mandalay Bay. Downtown, Fremont Street, there were some old slot, uh, Los, uh, Lord of the Rings slots. Those things will pay. You just got to know when to walk away, win 30 bucks, walk away. So our trip started and Grace loves sitting down. I'll give her control of the machine. I'll put the money in and we we play as a team, win as a team and lose as a team. And we won. We won like 33 bucks. Cash out. Boom. We're up next slot. A little bit later and we were hanging out having a drink. You know, it wasn't like we're just going slot to slot to slot. Then I'd say I'd have I'd have a problem. But no, you walk away, then go back. And you do feel the pool. It is dangerous. You feel the pool, the pool, the machine, the sounds and the buzzers. It's all designed to keep you there. And I always say, don't do not take a, a drink offer from a, a, a waiter. Like they'll come around to try to get you a drink, and then you're just gonna sit there and, and wait. And you're gonna be stuck and you're gonna lose more money. We don't do that. Get it at the bar, pay. I'd rather pay nine bucks for a rum and coke at a at a bar in Vegas. And then Concentrate on the machine, you know, and get up when we want it, leave when we want. It. So we go to the next machine, we win again. I think we're up forty more dollars. Ooh, now we're like up seventy dollars. I got cocky. I put a put a put a a, a good amount of money, <laughs> you know, sixty bucks, but a good amount of money in a in the new Lord of the Rings slot was like yippee skippy. One of the Lord one of the slots we won was on Lord of the Rings. Grace won it, and I I sit down. Boom, 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 gone. Less than two minutes. Didn't win a thing. Not a credit, not five credits, not a dime, not a quarter, nothing. And it bummed me out. Like I was bummed out. And I stopped recording the rest of the night. I wanted to record all through the night as long as I could, as long as we were on the floor. I wanted to. Our friend BC uh, came out. You might Some of you might know him from the Shmodo world. He was there for that first night. Wanted to. It didn't, I was bummed. I couldn't shake it. And then instead of walking away, going, well, all right, we're going to do some other things, get some other enjoyment out of life. We did. We went down, um, had some dinner at a, a Guy Ferrari's uh, restaurant there on the strip. You know, Ellis, we want to go to Flavortown. It was good. It was a good meal. Very good meal. But I couldn't shake it. And instead of walking away, I wanted my revenge and I just kept losing. So that's part of the reason. It's a big reason. Why my recordings went from a weekend in Vegas to on the road to Vegas. We had arrived in Vegas, but there's one more recording I do want you to hear because he showed up to bring a new round of energy. Enter Josh McCookin. Dream it. All right, we uh, I'm back uh, live uh, recording here. Uh, special guest joined
4: Josh McCuga in town. Flew straight from New York. Yeah, uh, yes I did. Uh, not the New York, New York casino. But we're at, that right, now. We're we at are, that right we now. We are. We are. I went from New How? York to New York, New York. <laughs> How close does this compare to the real New York? Uh, now less less homeless. Yeah. A better smell to it. Oh yeah. The same amount of lights and yelling as far as chain restaurants and yeah. chain stores. And go.
0: weird background music and everything. Yes,
4: are right. you excited for comedy tonight? Uh, getting back in the groove. Very excited. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say yet. I don't, don't tell Mark that. Oh, he's right oh, there. Oh God. Uh, God. But I've got. <laughs> I've got some hot bits. I'm working on Ooh, real hot, hot bits. Hot bits. Hot, hot, bits, bits, hot bits. Hot scoops. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, eating history, as we know, March 25th. Yes. Uh, and uh, we're 10 really excited PM about that. 30 10:30. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, Wednesday nights. I've never really put money down on a sport book. Uh, okay. What do? You, how do you do that? Uh, you give them cash. Okay. Uh, we have a professional sports gambler with us, oh, so he great. can lead you through that. Okay. Uh, don't go crazy. You know what I mean. Uh, don't don't bet beyond your will. But sometimes you bet with your heart. Sometimes you bet with your mind. I would say bet with your heart loses every single time. Am I right? So if I put a hundred bucks down on the Yankees to win the World Series,
0: uh,
4: that's what that plays. Uh, that pays a thousand to nine. I would betting, I was going to say right now it's probably 7 to 1, right? 6 to, seven to one? 1. 7 to 1. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
0: so if, follow so if I put down $100 yes. on the Yankees and they win the World Series and it pays 6 <laughs> to 1, or yeah. seven to one what do I make 700 bucks that's the math yes. that's the math that makes sense to me yes Okay. Correct. but yeah. I don't get it until November
4: but
2: you correct. give the MGM grant a hundred dollars of your money loan free for six months
0: yes. okay Yes. <laughs> exactly. that's okay yeah. I don't know if I like that's that alright okay. we're gonna yeah, yeah, for not much in return you can put hundred
2: on something this is great tonight, yeah. and then you'll get your money tonight that's this... a lot
0: better alright we're now walking towards some uh, girls dressed as peacocks <laughs> and uh, I gotta go try to win my money back on the slots and spoiler, I, I didn't win them. <laughs> I didn't win the money back. Uh, it was great. Josh McCuga is, uh, you know, such a great cat. We all know that, but he he showed up, and I'll t- I got to tell you, uh, he showed up. This happens uh, in life. This happens in life, and it happens in Vegas. This is why I, I do like going to Vegas, uh, and I've had this happen a few times. So sometimes you're out there for for certain events or weddings or whatever, um, and, and and you're there, and you're there with a good group of, of people, and you've been there a day. And the energy starts to dip a little bit because you've been going on for a bit. You, you know, the 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 um, the joy of, yay, we're here, Vegas, whoo, starts to fade away. And you got a couple more days to go and you got some things to do and you got to kind of get, you know, get your focus and, and, and hey, we got a show to do, pace yourself, all those kind of things. And then, then you got a friend who shows up like a day later and they bring a new round of energy and it lifts you up. Love, lift me up where we belong. Uh, that was Josh McCook on that day. Riley showed up as well a little bit later in the day. Actually, around the time we were recording, he was pulling in, checking in. I had that. I had my friend Chris a few years ago show up. Uh, we were out there for a, a wedding. Um, me and my friend Dave, and we were having a good time. Again, having a good time. But just there. The reason we were there was kind of uh, it was a weird situation, and we have, there were some things going on with a couple other, uh, you know, just family of of this friend that was out there that was weird. And uh, my friend Chris shows up. Boom! Energy. Saves the trip. Makes it something new. Makes it something different. And so even though that was the last piece I recorded, and I thought I'd be recording more, I wanted to play that because my afternoon's buddy, Josh McCougar, the host of Eating History, coming out March 25th. Uh, he brought that energy the day, but it was a great trip. Mark Ellis flew back very early. This is how much he loves you Schmodown fans. We got back after the show. We went back down. Uh, it was a great time of the show. We went up and, and filmed the Q and A for Ellis's Patreon page. We went back down. Kaiser was there. Some other friends, we we ate and drank and talked and laughed at about two, two thirty in the morning at some of the best hotel room service pizza ever in the history of, of room service pizza. Finally, we go back to the rooms and Grace and I and Christian Ruvakamba, we were going to drive back later Saturday. Ellis gave us the key or the weird device. It's not even a key to his car. Just hold it near your heart and the car knows it's you. Uh, we we drove the car back. He trusted us. It was like uh, Han giving Lando the Falcon in Return the Jedi. Not a scratch. I promise you, right? Okay. Um, Ellis flew back. Like got up five in the morning, went to the airport. Flew back. So he could announce like seven Schmodown matches for you all. Uh, he's a hero. I mean, heroes, we throw that word around. That's a hero. Especially if you're Schmodown fam. All right. That is Saturday night. sack for you all here. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, just hanging out with y'all. A lot of fun getting serious with y'all sharing some things. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't talk often. And I haven't in the past. There's, there's times where I have, but I, I didn't talk about my security job for a long time because it is so easily mocked. It is so easily misunderstood. And it was a job I didn't like. And it hurt hurt having that job at times, even though it was a good job at times. All those kind of things. I I, I didn't want to address it publicly for a long time. Also, there's kind of the cool school of thought. You know, we all have day jobs, but if you're a comic, don't speak in a present tense. Like, hey, at my job today. People don't, uh, sometimes it can affect people's minds about you as a performer that you're not real you're not a professional oh you're still working you must not be good at this and it's weird i i kind of subscribe to it as best i can but now i'm past all that you know my job this is my job talking to you all is my job I hope to keep doing that job uh and uh i like occasionally opening up on some of my experiences and how i feel they translate into some of the other situations even now, as I was recording this, I I, I was uh, checking Twitter as I was listen, listening to some of these audio clips with you all at the same time in real time, and I saw it was a real famous comedian. I won't give his name. He recently got buff. Just tweeted out, "Oh, all major cities are going to be shut down." How do you know? Maybe it, it, it could very well be that I'm preparing for that. But you don't know that right now. You have no experience in this. Why are you saying that? Why are you tweeting that? Don't panic, people. Don't add to the fire. Don't add to this hysteria. It's tough enough for all of us. Be safe out there. Think. Be concerned. Support each other. Help each other. Don't, by all means, hoard the toilet paper. All right? And a little advice from me to you. You want to help yourself conserve some paper goods in the next uh, couple weeks? Silly Musk, look it up. Uh, I want to thank all the people that make this show possible that support me and all my little crazy endeavors and all my shows with my silly voices and characters and weird diatribes and weird tangents and weird audio pieces from the road. I want to thank you all. The Knapsack Files has been, was the first podcast I started and it's still going. Not always strong, but it's still going. And I appreciate the support. Appreciate you spreading the word. Appreciate my Patreon support, especially my high tier supporters. Uh, That is uh, Thomas Risling, Lethal, Logan Bador, Kyle Harlow, Matt Thompson, Nathan Ovendale, Zach Anderson, Ty Schallenberger, Chad Benefield, Tommy Terry Green, and Jonas Bergen. But there's some people at the producer level that support me, um, uh, at the uh, uh, associate producer level, the boardroom level, and anyone, whether you've given me a buck for one month or you continue to support me in this uh, freelance gig economy as we see right now, A lot of people out there in my industry have just lost work suddenly. And I've lost some Schmodown work. Not a lot. We had a a taping today. I'm recording this when I thought I was going to be at the Schmodown. We're not. We had to cancel it. And with good reason. No one's complaining. But it's money lost, money lost. Workers out there, restaurant workers, all those things. You know, Disneyland did shut down and they're paying their employees for two weeks. But what happens after that? You know, what happens? A lot of uncertainty and I get it, don't, don't feed into the hysteria but there's a lot of uncertainty and so I appreciate now more than ever your support for allowing me to do this and hopefully I can entertain you and give you a couple seconds of uh, relaxation during uh, stressful times right, that's all we can hope to do is help each other, because at the end of the day I'm just a guy in front of a microphone and you're, you're just a nice swell person listening, but we have to get through all of this together We'll see you next time. Saturday Night NAVSOC.